The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Kerry Manon and I'm your host today. This is the Welcome to Islam show. Um, with today, uh, we are going live uh, in the studio of Inspire FM. Um, I just want to recap what the purpose of this show is. So this is the Welcome to Islam show. So this is a platform for new Muslims. And um, it's a way for us to basically be, be heard and get to know uh, the community and for the community to get to know us. Um, and for the community to understand as well some of the needs and challenges of new Muslims here in Luton. So I actually have some guests as well here. So there's the three of us today in the studio. So I'd just like to say assalamu alaikum to Catherine. Alaikum salam. And assalamu alaikum to Jeanette. Alaikum salam. So uh, we are actually three members of the committee of the Luton Revert Group. So uh, for those of you who have been tuning in regularly, you'll be getting used to hearing our voices. We always do the uh, Welcome to Islam show on the last Sunday of the month. And um, so the Luton Revert Group was established coming up for about two years ago now, um, just because it was identified that within Luton there are obviously a number of new Muslims. And there's a lot of social challenges that new Muslims face. Um, and we just formed a community, effectively, of new Muslims. So we're run by new Muslims and we're here to support new Muslims. It's a safe space for, to encourage guidance, friendship and learning. Um, so, yeah, and we usually meet once a month um, yeah. on the first Saturday of every month. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we've been running for about two years now. And alhamdulillah, um, you know, it's going from strength to strength. So um, today's topic for today's show is about being British Muslims um, and basically identifying the difference between uh, culture and uh, Islam, Islamic uh, practices. Um, so this is obviously quite a wide topic. Um, the reason we, there's a couple of reasons we chose this topic um, because our next meeting we're actually having an author who's written um, a very interesting book about being British Muslim um, and he's going to be coming to our next meeting and doing a talk and a Q&A session. Um, but also it feels a little bit topical at the moment in terms of um, a recent article that was published about uh, Scotland actually introducing for their um, residents, the British uh, Muslim um, residents, a tartan. Um, so we just thought that was quite topical. So we thought that leaded on to today's topic. So um, Ladies, um, first of all, let's let's kind of discuss um, our experience of what it means to be a British Muslim in terms of from, from a new Muslim perspective. Catherine. So I became a I became Muslim more than 30 years ago um, and I was actually not in Britain at the time. I was in Germany um, and very quickly I came across, I was imagining there'd be one Mus Muslim way of being and um, we would all get along and understand each other fine. That was not my experience because um, it was, I had this sense of where do I belong? Where do I fit in? Um, who, who, who can I connect with? Um, who will understand my way of thinking or the way I behave or the way I do things? 
and it, it took some while until I became, I, I, I found people, Muslims, um, where I could be myself. Mm. Um, that was my experience 30 years ago, and it's, um, yeah, it's been quite a journey. I remember very, I felt, I felt quite a lot of anger at the beginning when I came across these barriers to being who I wanted to be as a Muslim, or what I thought being a Muslim was. Um, but um, it's been a journey. Hmm. Yeah. For me, it was, I mean, it's nearly 30 years now since I became Muslim, and it was a very different time back then. Hmm. Um, and I remember I, I was determined to do everything right, like you are when you become a Muslim to begin with. And I started wearing my hijab like four weeks after I became Muslim, which is not really common. No. But it's like, um, I remember walking down the street, I mean, obviously I'm not from Rutan, this was up in North, but I remember walking down the street and feeling the looks and this alienation from both Muslims and non-Muslims. It's like, the non-Muslims are like, what are you doing, lass? What are you wearing? Mm -hmm. And the Muslims, it was like, what are you doing? You're not one of us. It, it was mm -hmm. really different then and I struggled to find where I fit and mm. yeah it took me many years really to mm. be who I wanted to be because mm. when you first become Muslim you desperately want to keep your old life to a point but naturally people disappear because you're not doing the same things yeah. but at the same time you want to start being part of this new community and I like yes. Catherine I just I was shocked. I thought, gosh, afterwards I realised how naive I was, that everybody was different, not all as welcoming, they didn't all have this one big love of Islam. Mm. It was very different. And do you think mm. that now that we've obviously got a lot more new Muslims in society, it's becoming more of a, a regular thing to come mm. across new Muslims, hence why we have you know, a new Muslim support group here yeah. in Luton. Um, do you think that's kind of like helping us in a way to kind of feel a bit more confident in our own skins and our own identity? Personally, I think because we've gone through that, yes. <clears throat> we now know and, and understand that they're all going to go through a journey. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it's definitely much easier now. It's more seen, it's more common to see a, a Muslim that's not necessarily of brown skin because mm. that's another thing, you know. As a teacher, children used to say to me, are you really a Muslim? Well, yeah, mm. but you're white. Mm, I know, but it's possible. <laughs> yeah, and I've even had that from my own children. Mm. You know, they've kind of like quizzed me about the fact that, well, how come you're Muslim, mum, because you're not brown? Yeah. And it's like, oh, whoa, <laughs> how did we skip this one? Yeah. <laughs> how did, we, yeah. how did yeah. that get yeah. missed somewhere yeah. along the line? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I think everybody has, has that journey. It's a sort of a transition from yeah. one world into another world that is actually, it's not the world of, uh, we all make our own worlds, I think, yeah. uh, one way of being. And we, we, when, we, when we first become Muslim, we want to very much be embraced and go into this beautiful new world we've read about and heard yeah. about. And, but it's not really there. So over time, we, we find the knowledge or confidence or support mm. to make our own way through and find our own way of being that fits with who we are, the values that we've come from, um, and how that can 
posit- positively um, contribute to our being a Muslim as well. Mm-hmm. So how how does that translate in terms of you know kind of trying to fit in and 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 your own identity? I think for me at the beginning it was a lot of heartache trying to be what I'd read about, um, but then marrying into a different culture as well because it wasn't necessarily the Islam that I thought everybody had the same Islam and realising that I Mm. had a lot of difficulties to even dress language that I felt that I have to try and do but I couldn't do Uh, it was was difficult in my experience when I became Muslim I was living in Germany uh, and my I met my husband, he was a French reaver of 15 years and he was very much, Islam is for the Europeans as well he had a very strong sense of his European identity and I I hooked into that, Um, I I, I appreciated that and so um, my first sort of years of being a Muslim it was about trying to find a European Muslim identity which was an interesting journey um, but of course we, our, our contacts were from all parts of the Muslim world including other reverts but you know the, the, the Turks and Arabs and Asian um, but I, I never felt um, from any pressure to dress in a um, Arab way Turkish way although some of the, the dresses and costumes were beautiful uh, um, but I never felt any pressure to dress a certain way yeah. um, and I think that's probably because, like you yeah. said, your husband was already quite established yes. in his own faith. Yes. I think I, I know for myself now that having taken Shahada about 14 years ago, I've kind of got to the point now where I actually feel a bit more confident to kind of actually put my foot down and say no to, to certain cultural yes. things. Yeah. Whereas when I was first, because I got married quite soon after I took Shahada, um, so I didn't have the knowledge or the confidence. I kind of found myself in a situation where I was thrown into a world of uh, new culture mm. as well as new religion. Mm. And I think actually in some ways culture was pushed on me more than mm. Islam yeah. was. You know, I yeah. kind of like, um, you know, as I've said many times on this show before, you know, um it took me a long time to establish prayer because I was so scared about Arabic and I was kind of yeah. so confused mm-hmm. about the the different messages I was getting about how to pray and whatever. Um, but actually, already, culturally, I was kind of being put into like, you know, well, you need to dress yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, a certain way. And, you know, like Eid Day, you know, I was, oh, yeah. I, I mean, one of my wedding gifts was saris, you know, and on Eid Day I was expected to wear you know, um, traditional yeah. dress mm, from, yeah. from the Bengali culture of my in-laws. And I, I just, yeah. I didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. It just was so strange so, to me so to alien. do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and actually, and I got to a point where after a few years, I started to resent it. I was like starting yeah. to feel like, why are you telling me what to wear? Mm. Actually, I'm a grown woman yeah. and you're telling me what to wear. And it doesn't oh, uh, suit me because no. I'm so much taller <laughs> than your average Bengali person. I can't buy, you know, anything off the shelf. And, you know, I, I, and I really struggle yeah, with that. Yeah, Whereas now yeah. I kind of am at the point in my confidence where actually I'm like, I almost purposely dress English style yeah, yeah. to kind of, in a way, defiantly to say, actually, this is my identity, yeah. you know, and I try to stay within the confines yes. of you know uh, hijab etiquette but 
but I do it my yeah. way and I'm kind of almost a little bit adamant about it now. I go to the yeah. mosque, you know, apart from the fact that obviously I have that in the back of my mind about wearing your best outfit for mosque. Yeah. Um, but I try to like think, you know, my first inclination is actually I'm going to stay in my English clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I always wear, that's the only clothes I have, uh, I think. think. Yes, I've only got English, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've, I've, I've never had um, any any in-laws who are Muslim, mm. for example. I know yeah. that the getting on with your in-laws is so important and I've, I've never had that sort of challenge. I've had other challenges, yeah. but not that as a as something. So I've I've been able to um, find my own way really through various ways, and it's yeah over the years. I think I think it's part of a journey. I think I've mm. gone through similar as Kerry. It's just been a case of you know um, I I just wanted to make everybody like me and and fit into this mm. Muslim way. And it wasn't until somebody said to me, actually, that's all, that's Asian, it's not mm. actually Islamic. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? Mm. And then it was after a few years, like, Kerry was like, well, hold on a minute, mm. am I doing anything wrong? This is fine. And I had to start being a bit, not oh. bullshit, but <laughs> like, you know what? I'm wearing what I'm wearing. Yeah. You tell me where it says it's wrong to wear it. Mm. But then, you know, I was looked kind of differently then. I was a bit like, you know, who does she think she is, the queen bee and all well, I think for women, it, it is a particular, because women are, when we're wearing our hijab, we're much more noticeable and visible as yes. Muslims, mm-hmm. whereas for yes. brothers who, who, who revert, they, they, Unless they, they grow a beard. Can, yeah. yeah. Then they, yeah, they can but get away this, with... But this day and age, it's fashion to have a beard yes, as well. Yes, so yes, yeah. yes. They can just slip in nicely yes, yes. either way. And so there is different challenges for both women yeah. and men. Yeah. Mm. And that's I think for us, we need to let those new Muslims out there, even some of the young-born Muslims here, that you are all right to be whoever you are. Yeah. You know, obviously there's boundaries to a point of, you know, you, you can't go drinking and, you, you know, and all mm. these kind of things. But dress how you are. As long as you've got yeah, your but manners. you always get you always get that. Um, I, I I hate to be derogatory about the community around us, but you do get that comment quite a lot about don't dress like the um, kafir, yeah. you know. And yeah. you then you're just like, oh gosh, what does that actually mean? Yeah. It's quite really poor terminology, but yes. it is used so often. But it is as long as it's modest, and that's the thing, you know. English dress is modest also. And until, yeah. I don't know, 100 years ago, English ladies will wear bonnets and hats and all sorts yeah. covering well, their yeah. heads. I think in the 60s, they still wore the scarves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I now, can, having a little bit of knowledge, you know, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but just, you know, having grown in confidence, I will now kind of say, well, actually, if you look at how our prophet behaved, you know, when he was um, invited you know, to other people's uh, mm. towns or, you know, he went visiting, they would often gift him clothes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he would wear them. Yes. So yeah. he was wearing the clothes of the areas that he yes. was visiting. And so therefore, to me, it's like, well, were they kafir? Yes. You know, so therefore, I don't, yeah. I think, I think the, the thing that was pointed out to me was don't lose your own identity. Mm. Don't lose your culture. Obviously, things that go against Islam... You make you, you you give that up kind of thing. Yes. But you don't 
become there's, something else. Yeah. You are still who you are. Because there's so and, many positives and, yeah. and moving away from how we dress, you know, what we eat, fish and chips and... Yeah. Uh, and Halal fish and yeah, chips. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and things that are in, in the British culture. Yeah. We were trying to think of, you know, about... There's so much good in British culture and way of being mm -hmm. that is Islamic. The welfare state, for example, yeah. you know? Mm. Um, it's yeah. true. I mean, yeah. even... Um, I know it's moving away now, but traditionally, looking after your family, everybody getting together on a Sunday for Sunday dinner. Mm. Yeah. You know, everybody come yeah. to mum's house or grandma's house or whatever and have that meal together. Yeah. I mean, I still did that. I mean, when I lived up north, my dad had come to my house on a Sunday. And I know it all links really to church and things like this. But for me, it was more of a case of actually family getting together. it links together. to family. I yeah. think families all over the world will mm -hmm. meet together, eat together. It's exactly. and, and communities are the same. It's, it's, it's sharing food and sharing food that is of the land where you, where yeah. you are. Mm. That's true. Um, and, and, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to start eating curries or Arab mm, rice mm, or, mm. you know, all these different foods around the world. I mean, we are blessed in the times that we're living now and that we can... Mm. But you, you go back so many years, you wouldn't have seen half the ingredients you see now no. in a shop. No, no. You just ate what was there. You meat mm. and two veg. Mm. Mm. And the you curry know? came out of a dry packet of um, Vesta curry. Well. That was my first experience. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. But do you think, though, here in Luton, because we do have such a large Muslim community, there is kind of a, a template of what a Muslim... <laughs> looks like come you know where they come from and so you kind of do you feel the pressure to kind of fit into that i think that? There, there is in in people's heads a template of what a muslim looks like and that would yeah. be different for different people for me what a muslim looks like is different from what somebody else might i don't I, know I, I think when i first moved to luton mm. i couldn't get over how much black clothes yes. there were mm. and young girls and I just thought no this doesn't feel right it didn't feel comfortable mm. it, but it was it was almost like a fashion as well they all I mean up north there was the hijab changing and suddenly the girls had really big heads because all these layers and whatever they had mm. under the hijab <laughs> I thought well no that's not what it's meant to be either that was just it was really strange but I do think in Luton there was definitely Things changing, but when I first moved yes, down here yes. six years ago, it was predominantly black yes. and wearing a bias, yes, or jilbabs, yes, whatever they call them, and um, and wearing the full niqab. The number of reverts when I first moved here was wearing black yes. head to toe, mm. and I thought, why? Yeah, and I, you know they believe that that's the mm. right way, mm. but I thought, yeah, but that's not here. Yeah, yeah. I think that's alienating here because that's there, there is this, there is this perception. I mean, I, I know we're kind of talking about clothes a lot, yeah. And that's only one aspect yeah. of somebody's identity, but you know, I do feel like as if there is this kind of idea that to be fully Muslim, you have to dress a certain way. So you know, so there, you know, that uh, an abaya is the correct yes. way to. To dress, you know, that and that is the, uh, the Islamic requirement yeah. of modesty. Thank and I you. think um, new Muslims do do take that on. They they do feel that that's what they they come in. For, yes, this yeah. is how it's meant to be. 
Um, and I think, so that is more predominant when first people, people first become Muslim. Yeah. You know, enthusiasm and yeah. here I go, yes, I'm really yes, going yes. to take this seriously. And some... Yeah. and others don't yeah, I, on yeah. I mean it's not to say that that's incorrect no. I just kind of feel no. like th- as if there is a, a kind of inclination that that is the way you should dress yeah, that if you definitely. are a Muslim and a woman then you should be wearing the baya, Yeah, you know and you should be wearing a, a headscarf in a certain mm. way and you know and so therefore kind of fighting against that a little yeah. bit to be British mm. you know. but I think I think you know like like Catherine just said, it's at the beginning. Mm. You are just want to be in the right way. You want to be dressed the right way, behave the right way, do the right things. And you look around to the community and think, oh, this is the way. And then you realise, actually, no, there's, there's other yeah. things. I mean, for me, going to Turkey was an eye-opener. Yes, for me, actually. I think it? Turkey is an amazing place. Um, girls boys dress however they dress mm. but when the Adhan goes they all nip into little mosques and there's always something in the mosque that means that you know if they were wearing jeans they've got something that they can wear mm. over to make it more comfortable for the prayers and I just thought wow yes this is what I think Islam mm. is mm. more towards this than yes. you know being covered but then but then, but then the percentage of Muslims within Turkey oh, you know yeah. obviously that is predominantly Muslim country mm. and we are in you know the UK but where only to, less than I think less than seven percent of the population because they've only been Muslim as a nation for about four five four hundred years mm, mm. so they're quite new in relative yeah. terms and, yes. and a lot of um, Turkish culture is still very much in their mm-hmm. how they how they um, practice their Islam mm. in, in various ways um, they, they embrace their Islam but they didn't lose they any didn't of their Turkish those. culture yes I'd, I'd like to think that eventually this is where we'll be yeah. in this country. Yeah. Mm. We are lucky in this country in that everybody seems to accept everybody's differences. I mean, I know we've gone through some difficult times and there's still some yes, a bit ups of a and down road. at mm. the moment. But, I mean, you but can... But we are free to practice our religion. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You, you have that freedom, yes. like you say. You can dress from head to toe black however you want. Yes. You can dress in bright yes. colours. Nobody's going to say, oh, mm, mm. that's outrageous. Look at how they are. I don't think that's the case. I mm. think people say, well, it's their choice. Mm. And that's a very, very British thing. Very, very British. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, we have eccentricities and if people want to live, you know, that's yeah. fine. It's not hurting anybody. Yeah, And, and yes. that is it. We, uh, I think British is more often... You don't you don't judge people. You just let them be yeah. however they want to be. You don't force your opinions on them. Mm. You very in, I kind of think conservative in that you know you you don't uh, but we're not as culturally we're not ones to show big emotions either. Mm. Mm. You know, I think that's another thing that Yeah, it's it's, it's something about not interfering with somebody yeah. and that also um because we're quite reserved yeah. um we just look after ourselves and our immediate family, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. That that then comes into play. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, the first time when I went to visit somebody who de- where there'd been a death and the women wailing and I just thought, my gosh, was everybody so close to this person? And it just turned out, well, no, they weren't. They're really close. It was just the way to behave, and if you didn't 
didn't behave that way, you were seen as not being kind, not being right. It was really odd. Mm. I found it very strange. But then yeah. you look at the prophet's house and wasn't there something about women not being allowed to behave like that? Mm. That's why they mm. don't yes. generally go to the grave yes. and the janazas. Yes. And I thought, well, I'm not surprised if this is how they yes. behave because yes. I didn't understand that for me. I thought, well, why can't I go to the funeral? Because mm. obviously you don't sit there and scream and carry on and wail yeah, you, yeah. You, you keep it in yeah that's like how you Brit do it that's how the yeah. british so behave <laughs> that, that's yeah a thing that actually is really islamic for me yes and and so yeah it's one of those points where we're like well hold on a minute actually i think i'm okay to go if i want to you know mm. but, yeah Ladies, very interesting discussion. So we're coming up to a break now. And inshallah, after the break, we shall reconvene on our topic of being British Muslims. As-salamu alaykum. Wa You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Um, I also have two guests in the studio with me. Assalamu alaikum, Jeanette and Catherine. So before the break, um, we uh, introduced Luton Revert Group, which is where we're from. Mm -hmm. And we talked about our topic today, which is being British Muslims. Yeah. Um, and as we said before, actually, I'm going to plug our, our next meeting now while I think of it. One of the reasons yeah. we chose this topic mm -hmm. is because our next meeting that we're having which is usually the first Saturday of the month so that's going to be uh, Saturday the 5th of October um, is going to be um, actually on this topic as well so we tend to structure our meetings where we have a couple of hours together one hour is usually social time so that we as a group and as a community can get to know each other And we usually then ha invite um, somebody of knowledge or somebody who can cover a topic that is relevant for new Muslims. Um, this actually is going to be an open event. So um, it is going to be on Eventbrite. So you can search it on Eventbrite, uh, being British Muslim, um, where we have invited an author, uh, a local author, Dr. Mamnun Khan, um, to come in and talk about um, his particular topic, which is being British Muslim. Yeah. Um, and he has written a book on that topic, so he's going to be uh, covering that subject. So, inshallah, that sounds really interesting. I'm really looking forward to hearing what uh, he's got to say. Yeah. So that's another reason why we chose today's topic, just as a little lead into that. So that will be held here next Saturday on the 5th of October at 5.30 at the Dalla Road Community Centre. So, inshallah, yeah. please do come along. Family and friends are welcome. Uh, we'd love to see you all. And details will be put on the Facebook Details will be on our Luton Revert Group Facebook page and um, I usually yeah. attach it as well onto the Inspire Radio uh, Facebook page as well Definitely. if I can. Yeah. So inshallah, we'd love to see you all. So um, before the break, we were talking about uh, identity and we talked a lot about um, clothing, which is only one aspect of, of, of somebody's identity. Um, I actually, in kind of preparation for today's show, um, looked up an article which was based on um, an Ipsos Mori um, poll that was done um, in 2010. So I know it's not quite up to date, but it's just to paint kind of a picture, really. 
Um, so this uh, poll um, was to paint a comprehensive picture of British Muslims. That was the idea of the poll. Mm -hmm. um, I actually am not sure how many took part in the poll, unfortunately it doesn't say, but um, it says that uh, the UK Muslim population was 3 million at 2011, that's when the main last census was taken, but the estimate uh, as of 2007 that increased to 4.1 million, so obviously now in 2019 we can expect that to a little bit more yeah. again. So roughly about 7% of the population of the UK is Muslim. Almost half are under the age of 24 and one third are under 15, making them the fastest growing group among young Britons. Um, so the interesting thing that I kind of picked out from, from the lots of statistics that are here is that 85% said they felt, and this is of the, the Muslim survey, felt that they belonged to Britain. Um, and more than half of those surveys, 55%, said their national identity was important. And interestingly, this is compared to a general population of 44%. So actually, British Muslims are saying that national identity is more important to them than the general population. Um, we kind of had some thoughts about that, didn't we, Catherine? Yes, we were wondering if um, one explanation why there's such a high percentage of the Muslims um, identify as British is because maybe they, they're asked about it more and it's yes. more in their mm. consciousness as to people keep asking me where, who do I identify with and uh, yes they've concluded they, they, they feel British um, but British non-Muslim people are not necessarily asked that sort of question. It's not on their conscience. No. 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 Yeah. yeah I think you're mm. right. I think because and especially and I, I mean I know this is an older survey but I think it probably is even more relevant in the current political atmosphere that we have with Brexit, that actually, um, and also things like what happened with um, Shamima Begum, where, you know, she ran off to join ISIS. Yes. And, you know, there's been a lot of questions about that and because the fact that she actually was a British citizen, but she's been stripped of that yes. citizenship. And, you know, there's obviously a little bit of kind of backlash on that and in terms of well what does that mean because yeah. she was British but yet yes. she's been stripped and is that because she's yeah. a brown face is that because she's Muslim um, and so I think there's a little bit of anxiety there mm. um, but yeah and in terms obviously more currently Brexit um, mm. I think that that atmosphere means that actually British Muslims kind of are questioning their their self in terms of mm. being British yes so therefore it's more on their consciousness do you think mm -hmm. Jeanette? Yeah, I think I think it's yeah, I think it's just um it's a difficult one really being especially in the current climate. Mm. I mean, does anybody who's non-Muslim really know what it means to be British anymore? Yeah. yeah. And you're yes. right, Catherine. I think being Muslim, you're definitely asked, well, are you really British? Do you think you're British? Yeah. Do you feel British? Yeah. But, you know, yeah, cuz there's this idea out there yeah. That you can't be British and Muslim in the yeah. public country. Mm, yeah. I think in the British Muslim's mind, yes, you can. Yeah. But there's the idea is, but Britishness is a nationality and yeah. Muslim yeah. is a religion. Yeah. But we were also saying how, and this is a um, Scottish nationality and Welsh nationality. Yes. They have yeah. quite a different understanding, or I don't know, what what is it different? Because, um, there's Britishness, Scottishness, Welshness mm. and Englishness and yeah. they all 
uh, have different meanings. Well, yeah, I mean, yes. one of the things that we talked about at the start of the show that I kind of introduced as part of the topic was this idea um, that in Scotland now they actually have an Islamic tartan. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just kind of like cover that for you just to kind of put it in context. So they've introduced this tartan, which is obviously very uh, iconically Scottish. Um, and the the design of it is as goes like this. So the blue is to represent the Scottish flag. Green is to represent the colour of Islam. There's five white lines running through the pattern itself to represent the five pillars of Islam. Six gold lines to represent the six articles of faith and a black square to represent the, the Kaaba. Amazing. So, alhamdulillah, it sounds really <laughs> great. And, there, and I remember looking at the article and they showed uh, various people wearing the different tartans. So there was yeah. a lady wearing hijab tartan. Mm-hmm. There was a man actually wearing the traditional kilt. Yes. yes. Yeah. Kilt yeah. with sporran and the works. Um, and I just thought, wow, that's really nice, actually. Yes. That's just such a lovely gesture to mm-hmm. kind of say, actually, from a Scottish perspective, we recognise... Muslims represent are part of our a part of our mm. society, yeah. and we value them. Yes, um, yeah. but, it's a but, big difference, isn't it? I don't know if that's the same in England. Mm. No. I think if if somebody, for starters, we don't have a kilt. Well, no, we don't have a kilt. But what would be the what would be the well, English equivalent? Yeah. Yes. What that's could well, if you thought if you think right? Like, let's say you know that there was a think tank in the British government, and they th- saw what Scotland have done, and they've mm-hmm. seen that you know the nice kind of feeling, warm feeling that mm. that's brought about, and they thought to themselves, mm, okay, why don't we do that? Yeah. yeah. What actually would they do? Let's have a little bit of a brainstorm here, ladies. Red what rose, actually red would they roses, do? Lions. What name a rose after rose. Islam? I'm just thinking of what you wear. I don't know. Oh, so you're thinking an article of clothing? Yeah. Well, if you oh, think the Scottish have got the tartan, yes, which is a material that you use for different parts of clothing. Yes. Um, I don't know if. We don't have anything like that. We don't. No. There's nothing. There's nothing that no. says an English piece of yeah. clothing, is there? And even the roses. I mean, for me, it has to be a white rose because I'm from Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, you got in Lancashire, so want the red rose. Yeah, there's nothing. No, but maybe maybe they could cultivate a new rose. You know how now they kind of splice species together and they cultivate (laughs) new roses. A green rose. So maybe they could make a green rose. (laughs) Maybe. maybe. But what what would that would that make? I mean, what would you do with this green rose? Because I'm thinking, well, why why I was thinking of lions and roses is that you could put that on in a in a in a textile thing and have it as a. Or, or tablecloth or tea towel. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. What do you, well, do you yeah. think? Do you think Scottish Muslims are actually wearing the tartan? I mean, do you think it's just a I kind of like uh, gesture? But are they actually no, I think using I heard it? Just a few years ago, um, there was a brother who came down from Scotland, told me what they were doing there, and one of the things was yes, the, the mosque would have open days, yes. and they'd have hijab trying on days, but it would be all Scottish tartan textiles. Yeah. Okay. Um, just that's just one example. Yes. That, that was four or five years ago when that was happening yeah I mean when you think about it um, unfortunately England really doesn't have anything even down to the the poppy hijab Mm. it caused such a ruckus among some communities yes and that was really England trying to uh, I mean it was a Muslim lady I believe who designed it Mm. but for me that was England trying to include Muslims in 
They remember, and we rejected it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A lot of the community did reject yes, it. Yes. Yes. At the end of the day, it was just a puppet and a mm. hijab. Mm. But obviously, there's a lot more for people behind it, and that comes to our but discussion do, earlier. But do you think that maybe? I mean, because what actually within this um, Ipsos Mori um, article that I've been reading, there is actually a reference to the poppy in here. So um, where it says um, almost two thirds of Muslims say that they think different religious and ethnic groups should mix more. Yeah. A majority of Muslims all of all ages wear a poppy on Remembrance Day and almost three quarters said they always or sometimes said Christmas cards. So I'm wondering if this kind of backlash to this thing that they did with the poppy mm-hmm. is... Um, Oh, the bad old media wolf again, kind of overplaying, yeah. probably was what was actually quite a small kind of like little criticism that came from yeah. somewhere. Yes. And yeah. they overplayed it, it to make it seem yeah. like, oh, you know, Muslim, you can't please these Muslims, can exactly. you? So I'm wondering if it was maybe a little bit of that. Um, Do you think? I don't yeah. know, but I, I just, I still come back to the thing of, you know, what do we have? That's English. English. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even Ireland, they've got their own, they've got languages, Welsh. Yes. 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 Gaelic in Scotland and in Ireland, they've yes. all got something that is unique for them. Yes. Um, for their identity. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, so then if we put this question, I mean, obviously, we, uh, us as reverts, we are English as it happens, the three yeah. of us anyway. So let's take off our Muslim hat, yeah, for a minute. Take mm-hmm. off our hijabs, mm-hmm. lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and think about, just from an, our English background, what actually does it mean to be English? Because let's take the Islamic part out of it. Mm-hmm. And what actually does it mean? Let's, ha- let's, let's explore that question. What is it to be English? What does it mean now in 2019? Uh, in 2019, I think it's t- completely different to me. Because obviously I'm a little bit older. I got back to when I was younger. To be English is looking after your elders, respect for your elders, yep. um, looking after your neighbours, mm. yep. keeping your troubles indoor, yep. didn't share things, mm. uh, you know, any problems. Mm. Yeah. I think also um, we've got the NHS, yes. it's uniquely British yes. um, and highly valued. Um, mm. And sort of slightly linked to that is because is, I've lived abroad in Europe a little bit and I, I think in, Europe, in England, in Britain, there's a very strong tradition of doing voluntary work yeah. um, in the community. Mm, mm. Um, and that's a very strong um, yeah. tradition. It's also very Islamic. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Because one of the things that actually has just sprung to my mind is, is it's such a dichotomy to the Islam as well, is dogs. Yes. Man's best friend, English best friend, is dogs. And, you know, there unfortunately there is this thing, I mean there's a pushback from community the, the muslim community on on having dogs within the mm. home so you know we can't we can't even really bridge the gap there can we but there's yeah, a difference I, of opinions yeah. even and on I that and i think it needs yeah. a, I, I i think it has um a lot of muslims i know they've got a pathological fear of dogs yeah. yes totally yeah. irrational yes um um, but yeah, there are differences of mm. opinion. But yeah, I've recently been on holiday to the seaside. Every day, people walking up and down with the dogs. Yes. Yeah. Healthy, fit, keeps you, yeah, yeah. it's companionship. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's a positive thing. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, I, I, I've said to my husband, when we're old and it's just us, I'd like to have a little dog. 
mm. because I think it's the one thing that would keep us active. Because mm. you you'll yeah. take care of them, you go out for the walks. I think yeah, and I don't see. I mean, obviously there's there's evidence out there, but I just think uh, an animal that you take care of is. How can that be on his life? Well, we know, yeah. I mean, we know that there is the hadith about caring for all living things. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, and there's reward in looking yeah. after anything that is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's creation. Yeah. So, you know, but then again, there, there, and I, again, it might be this kind of somehow a cultural kind of overblowing mm-hmm. of this whole dog thing. Mm. You know. Um, um, I mean, I was. It was explained to me once many years ago that actually. The time of the Prophet mm. there was something said about not having black dogs, and it was to do with a disease that they were carrying at the time, and so it was a protection not to yes. have black dogs yes. specifically, mm. not no dogs full stop. But you see, I think that's been lost over time. Yeah, and mm. like 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 word of mouth, Chinese whispers, it gets mm. changed slightly. So yeah, dogs are a no no mm. full stop. Mm. But I still think, um, personally, my own personal view is, you know, you have an area in your house where you do your prayers. Yes, and, and you just keep that clean. That's it. Yeah. You don't have the dog there or anything mm, else. Mm, mm. Um, and that is just my own view. Mm. Uh, and I cannot see that being wrong. Mm. You know, I still think, like you said, looking after all of our last creations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come, yeah. The British love their gardens and gardens. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. why I thought maybe the rose, but it's like you said, but what would we do with the rose? Yeah. It would be a nice gesture, I suppose. <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, realistically, what would we do with that rose? Plant it mm-hmm. in our gardens? Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I've got a Muslim garden in the UK full of mm. roses. <laughs> I, think, I think that's another thing. English, talking about gardens, yeah. they love their gardens, they mm-hmm. make them pretty. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, it's uh, Muslims. Mm. Um, it's a practical thing. Yeah, you yes, have a garden. Growing the vegetables. You grow your spinach. Yeah, coriander. <laughs> you know things like this, which is is still a part of our all. Even you go back a few years, mm. British culture. That's what you're doing, and it's coming mm. back. Mm. Is all yes, that kind of because things. it's it's healthier. It's organic. Yes, yeah, and it's and that's also Islamic. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, think people realise. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that the British do a lot of things they don't realise. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's yeah, very Islamic. Yeah, a lot of monks <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. That's a British thing, and yeah. yes. there's a lot to learn from that as yes. well. Yes, yes. Yeah, communal so. sharing. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else? Yeah. It's. Um, I do think. Yeah, the English culture has changed a lot over the years, mm. um, and it's not it, it's not as family oriented as it used to be. And but I think changes are beginning to happen for some. But and I think that's you know economic mm. pressures. You know, yeah. people move away from the family; they go and work in a different town or a different right. country. Even we're a global village now. We're no longer yeah. idyllic sort of rural communities or even town mm. streets. It it doesn't matter where you are now. Yes. It's easy to keep in touch, mm. no. but it's not the same as. So hence we need to be. Close. Our neighbours are so important, and our yeah. neighbours might may or may not be Muslim. Mm. And yes, yeah, so I've got the most wonderful neighbours, 
Um, mm. Alhamdulillah, I, I moved to Luton and I got fantastic neighbours. My husband would like to move to a bigger house, but I don't want to because I've got amazing neighbours. Yeah. You know, I was I was telling you earlier, yeah. uh, last week it was their 60th wedding anniversary and they invited us to go along. And so mm. we did. Yeah. You know, I was a bit nervous, like I've never done one before. I don't know what's expected. Because let's face it, in the English culture, there's not many people that get to 60 years of marriage now. Mm. You know, but yeah, the lovely couple next door. And those of, a couple of the neighbours all went and we all sat together and it was just lovely. Getting to know each other a bit better. We knew each other well. I mean, I'm lucky in that we still talk to each other over the fence. Yes. But it doesn't happen as much as it used no. to. Now. Where I lived in Bradford, we didn't. Mm. My neighbours, I lived there for 16 years and I knew them, but I didn't know them, mm. Mm. if that makes mm. sense. Mm. You know? That's something. And that's a, a, a dower as well. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and being together with yeah. people around you. Yeah, for me, that's, that, that is an important point, Catherine, mm-hmm. is that for me, I, I don't want to kind of withdraw into a community where which is isolating itself and you know saying right we're muslims and we do this this way and pushing out everyone else because for me then where's the dawah yeah yeah you know for me you know for me that's for me that is dawah you know for me just being me showing that i can be a british person person who's white skinned and being muslim you know, for me, that that in itself yourself, to be seen yes. is 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 part of my dower. Yeah, yeah. I, and and the Britishness English side of it is that they're generally quite accepting of you being dressing different. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I find it easier to say within an English thing to say. I actually, I need to go and do my prayer. Is that all right? Well, yeah, no problem. You know, just let us, you need anything? And they're mm-hmm. really, really accommodating. But in so other times I'll get, and it's amongst Muslims, unfortunately, they'll say, well, you've got time yet. It's not the, you know, <laughs> Asa isn't until such and such time. And I'm like, well, no, yeah. I, I want to go and do it now. Mm. And, you know, the school I'm, I work in, there's one other Muslim lady, but she's a dinner lady, but I'm the only Muslim member of staff. But everybody knows when it's my prayer time. Nobody interrupts me. In fact, I've had comments like, you know, you've got your new well-being and mindfulness. Oh, yes, yes. How this is just an amazing tool that we already do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. 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 And in fact, it's funny you po- you pointed that out because my children have said the same thing. They said, at school, mum, we have to do um, meditation. Yeah. And all this kind, of, and they're like, and they they just don't get it. They're like, well, you know, we pray five times a day. You know mm-hmm. that we're already getting calm and you know it's collected time and yeah. time out. Yeah. So we don't need this meditation malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, yeah. I'm wondering then, does it actually like if we're saying that there isn't anything that really identifies so much as being British anymore? Does it really matter? Do we need to feel British? I think we do because we don't want to feel. You know, I Turkish or that's right. Anything else? That we might don't want to be identified as as Asian or no. Arab. Or we are English. Mm. I want to be known as English, British English. English, I think, is very different to British. Mm. 
but I want to be known yeah. as this. I like to say to people, you know, when you have the surveys where you have to tick white other and all yes, this and yes, that. Yes, yes, I really want to write down saying I'm English but Muslim. I really yeah. want to put it on there, but there's nothing there <laughs> for yeah. that. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I do think that's important to me. So do you think then, because one of the statistics is that, um, um, this is one of the things that Brother Mamnon explores in his book, is that uh, he's said that the statistic is that 50% of the Muslim population now in the UK are born here. Mm. So, I mean, obviously for us three as new Muslims, we come from an English background. Do you think that's still relevant then as just as much for the born Muslims here in the UK? I think born Muslims here in the UK have a different kind of struggle. Yeah. Okay. I mm. think when they're outside at school, college, university or work, it's a completely different setup. They can be whoever they want to be mm. and they know it's fine. Yeah. But often when they go home it's very traditional. Yes. Because their parents or and grandparents are that's right. born abroad. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it's um, a different that's different pressure, different identity. Do you think that will stay? You know, as this generation grows up and has their own no. children, do I you think, think it will change? I don't know. I'm just because I, I, you know, 30 years ago I became Muslim and I was young then, and the young Muslims, you know, heritage Muslims around me saying, uh, "Inshallah, don't worry, sister. We're the young generation. Everything will be changing." And it's it's still the same in in the 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 the, the heritage Muslim population. I feel are still feeling mm. the pressures of the, of inherited culture. from their culture. Yeah. Mm. I think I think the change will come around, but I think it'll be through our children. Mm. I think our children will be the ones who'll say, "Well, actually, yeah, that that's my cultural on that side. That's my." My mum's side, my dad's side. Because it's, it's, it's in Islam. It's in, I don't know, if you say from the 50s, this really mm. started. So it's 70 years. I think it might be 200 years or something going back. Because we had back in, I don't know, 1600 and something, a lot of French, the French Protestants came over, thousands mm. and thousands. Mm. And it was maybe 100 or so years before they were fully British. Yeah. Well, ladies, I think, unfortunately, we're coming to a close. I think this is a topic where we could just talk on and on and on. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, unfortunately, we are limited to our time on this show. So I think I'd like to say if anybody's got any comments on anything that we've yes. said, yes. put it on our Facebook page. Yeah, please do. Yeah, we always respond. invite, you know, people to mm. participate and give your feedback, please. And do get in touch with us. And like yeah. I said, we are having our next Lutomy Vote Group are having their next meeting on the 5th of October. And uh, that's on Saturday at 5.30 and at Dallas. And also, if we've got a few minutes, a lot of reverts are actually um, European. Yes. Um, oh, yes. Not in our group, yes. we're in contact with. They're from every country in Europe, just about. Yeah, we're a which diverse is, That's group. another debate. That's yes. <laughs> it is another debate. But please, come along on the 5th. Yes. And yes. find out more about the identity. Yes, yes please Muslims. do. Please do. All right, then, ladies, we're going to draw a close now. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.